and welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast. My name is Hank, the digital pastor here at the Foundry, and I just want to take a quick second and welcome you and say thank you for checking out our podcast wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. We're excited that our community uh, is growing and uh, at so many of you listen to and enjoy our sermons in this way, whether you listen to them uh, for the first time on a podcast or you just like to reference them after you attend one of our in-person services or watch online. We're just grateful for you and all of you who enjoy listening to our messages this way. Speaking of our messages, we've just started a new series called Incremental that we are really excited about where we're taking a look at how big things have small beginnings and our team is really excited to share this idea with you guys because we really think that there is a lot of great life-changing principles that we can learn from scripture about how we can start small to make a big difference. We're going to hand things off now to to our to our preaching team, and we're really excited again that you're here. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll touch base again at the end of the message. Hey, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Welcome. I am so very glad you're here, whether you're joining us in person or online. My name is Seth. This is The Foundry, where we're all about a better you and a better world. Real quick, I forgot to do this last week, but if you haven't been here, uh, we've kind of been just letting everybody know, uh, making people aware of our need currently. Over the past couple months, we've been about 15% below our monthly budget, which is about $22,000 a month, and uh, we kind of need your help. So we understand people have been in and out of town, and sometimes we forget, uh, but if you're in a position and able to do that, please, uh, there's boxes in the back you give securely online. If you need help doing that, my man Hank would love to help you, or if you're at home and don't know how to find the proper links, he'll put a link in there somewhere, or you can ask him about it through the chat. So this is week three of our series called Incremental, and our key thought has been basically this idea that small things can make a big difference. And that the small things that nobody sees is what often leads to the big things that everyone wants. So in week one, we talked about one small word. In week two, we talked about, uh, last week, we talked about one thought and how our thoughts are the most powerful thing in the universe uh, after God and how our lives will always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So this week, week three, we're going to talk about our speech, our words, Because the way we change or do or become or create anything in our lives is incrementally. So do not despise the small things, right? Everything is bit by bit, day by day, step by step. Our thoughts become our, our, our words. Our words become our actions. Actions become our habits, and our habits determine our direction. Okay, so let's start with this one, with this one question. Do you know that you have the power of a God. Do you know you have the power? Like, that you are very God-like. And I'm not just talking about, like, your physical, like, your physique, your amazing physique. I'm talking about, like, aside from the fact that you have been created in the image and likeness of God, aside from the fact that you are carrying within you the very breath and the spirit of God, you have the capacity within you to create and to destroy. You have the capability to give life and to take life. And part of this godlike power is found with our words. Check this out, Proverbs chapter 18. The tongue 
has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. The things you say, the things you speak can give life or it can take life. They can, they can bring good or they can bring destruction. The tongue has the power of life and death, which is to say that our speech, our talking, the things we say carry an enormous amount of weight. Our ability to communicate is in fact a massive responsibility. Our words are not just random sounds that we've attributed to some sort of meaning and put together for the sake of communicating. Me want food. Our words carry weight. They have power. They are things. And the moment that they are released from our lips, they go into this world to do something. Words create worlds. Isn't this what we see at the very beginning of the Bible? Isn't this how the whole Bible starts? In, in the beginning, God said God spoke these words. God said, let there be light, and then there was light. And he speaks these words, and then these words become things. They become light, and they become trees, and they become fish, and they become birds, and they be... God speaks, and our world is created. Our words have power. The tongue has the power of life and death. If we want to change how we live, if we want to change the life we have, we have to change the words that we speak. And it's the small changes in the words we speak that will lead to big differences in our lives. Check this out. James chapter 3, verse 3 through 5 uh, in the message. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. The words that we speak are not nothing. They are something. They have power. They have agency. They guide and shape and influence our lives as well as the lives of the people around us. And you, through your thoughts, can control them, good or bad, nice or ugly, giving life or taking life, you can control them. Your words have the power of life and death. The scripture is filled with examples uh, uh, that that contrast life-giving and life-taking ways of speaking. Let me show you like three of them from the Psalms. Psalms 12, 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, life-taking, but the tongue of the wise brings healing, life-giving. Next one. Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, life-giving, but a harsh word stirs up anger, life-taking. Proverbs 15, 4, next one. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, life-giving, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit, life-taking. So life-giving, life-taking speech pierces like swords. It can cut deep. They stir up anger. They crush the spirit. Life-giving words, life-giving speech, on the other hand, brings healing, turns away wrath, and is the tree of life. And here's the thing. Whether we are consciously aware of it or not, we know this is true. We pick up on this. We feel the effects of this when we interact with one another. Think about the last time that somebody said something to you that like stung a little bit. Somebody said something that hurt a little bit, hurt your feelings, or or they said something and you immediately bristled and got defensive, right? You know this is a true thing. Why did you do your hair like that? 
Is that the best you could do? Or have you ever like been having a pretty good day and you walk into the office and somebody says, are you okay? You, you look tired. And you're like, what? actually, I just had like a great night's sleep and I'm feeling better than I have in a long time, but thanks for noticing. I'm sorry my face disappoints you, right? You, you pick up on this. Why aren't, you, why aren't you more like your sister? How come, how come you're not married yet? I'm disappointed in you. Why did you do it that way? Right? These words carry weight. They, they, we pick up on this. Uh, there was this older guy I used to go visit when I lived in Melbourne. I'd go visit him like uh, every Tuesday after work. And, and I would go to the, he was at assisted living facility. And I'd go there. He didn't have really any family around, so I'd just go hang out with him. And we'd sit and just chat. We would always have some sort of dinner. He would either make something in his tiny crock pot in his room, <laughs> which was always great. It was we always had sauerkraut. It was just sauerkraut because um, <laughs> he loved sauerkraut. It was okay. Or we'd go to like the, the assisted living cafeteria. And so every time we would go to the cafeteria, which was more often than not, we'd sit at the same table because they have like assigned seats. We'd sit there. And every time we got there, he would introduce me to the same group of people the same way every time. And this is what he would say. This is Zeth. This is Zeth. He's my preacher's son. He wants to go into the ministry as well, but nobody will hire him. <laughs> Which, first of all, wasn't really true. Like, I wasn't, at the time, wasn't, like, pursuing going into to a church somewhere. But every time, this is Zeth. He's my preacher's son. Nobody will hire him. Like, that, that was the comment. And, like, at first, for, like, the first couple months, like, that's, it's funny. You can kind of laugh that off. But when this goes on for, like, two years, it begins to take a bit of a toll. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could, it was like this little knife in the gut. Like, eventually, I just started to introduce myself, like, hi, I'm Zeth. I'm unwanted and unemployable. Can I sit with you? <laughs> Do you know? Like, after a while, that, that, even though I laugh at it, like, after a while, there's a little bit of pain tied into that. Some, some people even carry, and you know that some people carry like little daggers in their words, you know what I'm talking about? And usually it's the people that you're like pretty close to. It's normally people that you're close to that they can say something that on the surface from an outside party might not seem like much, but because of your connection and your relationship with that person, you know that there's a little dagger hiding within it in that little phrase, this little phrase that can cut deep into your insecurities and your like lack of confidence about something. Like there was this girl I dated in high school and her mom was always hiding daggers in her words. No matter what was going on, there was always just like a little comment, just a little something to say. It was like she was in the prison yard and she had a shiv and she was just ready at any moment to like get that shiv out in case something happened. Like I would show up for something and she'd be like, oh, so you wore brown shoes to the party? Hmm. Here's the thing. I knew exactly what she meant. Oh, I knew what she was getting at. What she was getting at is that she didn't really like the fact that I was dating her daughter to begin with and I wasn't good enough for her. And so every chance she got, anything that wasn't exactly perfect, she had to make a comment on, oh, did you go to a barber for that haircut? Or do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know these type of people? Maybe you're one of these people. 
right? There's, there's daggers in the word sometimes. We pick up on this. Whether we are consciously aware of it or not, we pick up on the difference between life-giving words and life-taking words. Think about the last time somebody said something nice, some life-giving words to you. Hey, I really appreciate you. Man, you, you were doing a great job. I believe in you. It's so good to see you. I couldn't have done this without you. I'm proud of you. You hear those kind of words spoken to you or spoken over you, and you can feel that filling you up, right? Like my wife says, it's filling your bucket. It's filling your bucket. Uh, If my wife says something kind to me, hey, I I really appreciate that thing you did, whatever. Oh, man, that, that starts to fill me up. If my kids randomly tell me they love me without actually needing something else in return, oh, man, that's like the tree of life, isn't it? If my mom says, hey, Seth, that was a great podcast last week. I really enjoyed it. Man, I'm walking on some clouds for a little bit. There was this time I was doing a trail race uh, a year or so ago or something, and, and I was like a couple, like couple hours into this race, and I still had a long way to go, like a couple, several hours. And so like I'm in a place, I was hurting, my, like my body hurt, I was tired, I was hungry, you know, all this stuff. And so I came to like our little aid station with my sister and my wife who were my crew, and they were doing a great job about keeping me motivated the whole time. But towards the, towards, the, <laughs> towards the end of this race, I came there, and there was this guy who was hanging out around, the, around our little campsite area. He was hanging out because we had like this heater, and it was cold, all this stuff. This guy's name is Harvey. And Harvey is like, he's a beast of a runner. Harvey is like six to eight years older than me, and in the world of trail running and ultra marathon stuff, like he's one of the guys that everybody looks to, okay? So Harvey is at this little area where I'm like refueling and getting all my stuff as I'm about ready to die in my head. You know, I'm like, I can't keep going. And the reason that Harvey's sitting around my tent with my sister and my wife is because he's done with the race. He's done with the race. Like hours ahead of me. Hours ahead of me, done with the race. And so I'm like, oh, man, I'm so embarrassed. It's Harvey. He's going to think I'm dragging. And he goes, hey, dude, you are doing a really good job. He goes, I saw you come in here, and I thought, man, this guy has the stuff to finish the race. You can do it. I believe in you. You can do it. I know you can finish this. You're so close. And you know what? Those words in that moment from that guy Oh, man, did they fill my spirit. And even though it hurt the rest of the way, step by step, I, I, I keep going. And each time I'm like, oh, no, Harvey believes in me. <laughs> Harvey thinks I could do it. If, Harvey, if that guy thinks I could do it, man, I, like I must, I, you know, like those kind of things really speak to us. Those words brought life to my being. They were very life-giving. Our words are powerful. Our speech can bring life or death. They can be life-giving or life-taking. Okay, so let's do something real quick. We're gonna do something like we did last week. We're gonna do a bit of an audit, a self-reflective audit. Okay, so on a scale of one to 10, we'll just do two categories. On a scale of one to 10, here's what I want you to do. Write down, kind of judge yourself, audit yourself, be honest. Do the words that you speak tend to be more life-giving or more life-taking? On a scale of one to 10, where would you rank yourself? If you are always negative, critical, pointing out what's wrong, if you only see and talk to the bad, then you're gonna put down a one. 
If you are always encouraging and uplifting and building people up and you can't even imagine saying a sarcastic thought, then you would be like a 10. Okay, so where are you at? One through 10. Where are you feeling? Be honest, be honest, be honest. Okay, now let's turn the focus inward. When it comes to life-giving thoughts or life-taking thoughts, words, that you speak about the self, where would you rank yourself on a scale of one to 10? If you're continually telling yourself that you're not good enough or that no one will love you or your haircut is stupid, you're a one. If you're continually telling yourself, like giving giving yourself grace, speaking love and kind words to yourself, then you put a 10. If you think you are the most amazing person in the entire world and you are God's gift to humanity and your stuff doesn't stink, come talk with me. That's a different sermon. We'll work on some things. So where do you put yourself? What kind of words do you yourself? Life-giving, life-taking, one to 10. Give yourself a ranking. Okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to take these numbers and I want you to add them together. (laughs) No? Okay. Bad joke from last week. (laughs) If we're honest with ourselves, I think we all could agree that we probably all need some improvement in these categories. We all need to work on speaking more life-giving words to one another and life-giving words to ourselves. And this isn't just like, hey, just, just be a little kinder to each other. This is really important. The tongue, the words have the power of life and death. Our words create worlds. Our speech guides and shapes and, and steers the direction of our lives and has the ability to build up or to tear down the lives of others. So we should take this really serious, really serious. You know, it's like this, this week, I was, watching, I was like hanging out with my dog a little bit and I was paying attention to him because it kind of, like I've noticed it but I've never like thought about it as much. But I'm looking at our dog, his name's Jackson Storm after Cars 3, if you're not familiar with it, it's okay. Jackson, Jackson Storm, he's a black lab. And, and you know, it's really interesting. When I say like kind words to him, he has a particular response. When I say, you're a good boy, Jackson. Oh, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. You know what he does? He does this. <laughs> but if I say, you're a bad dog. Jackson, you're a bad dog. What are you doing? You know what he does? He cowers. He whimpers. He turns his head. He doesn't look at me. He turns away. He doesn't want to. I thought, man, like, my words really affect this dog. They really affect his whole being, his whole temperament. My kind words make him wag. And my not kind words make him cower a bit. Maybe this is how we need to view our words to others. And even though we can't see it as readily on the outside, it might not be as obvious to us. But when we offer these life-giving words, their little spirit on the inside It's just a wagon. And when we say unkind, rude, demeaning, critical things, their spirit is cowering and turning their head away. Maybe this is an easy way to think about how we speak to others. Are you building up and giving life or are you crushing the spirit and their cowering on the inside? So how do we get better at this? How do we do this? What are some things that we can do to help us get better in in this thing? Let me give you two suggestions here. Two suggestions that I think will help us move forward. And the first one, this is all really simple, basic stuff. 
This isn't like, oh my gosh, revolutionary. What did he just say? I can't believe I've never heard such crazy wisdom. You're welcome. No, this is just simple, basic stuff. The first thing is like the thing that your mama has told you since the day you were born. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. You know this. You know this. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you can't say anything helpful, beneficial, encouraging, uplifting, or with a kind spirit, then maybe you should shut your face. Ephesians 4. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Oh, wait. They have needs? I thought the world revolved around me. That, is, uh, that it may be beneficial to those who listen. You know, it's funny to me when I hear people talk about um, how much, like when I hear conversations about, oh, I really want to like get into the word, and I really want to study the scriptures, and I really want to grow, and I want to know all the depth of the Bible. And I'm like, yeah, but we haven't really figured out the stuff we know yet. You know what I'm saying? We're, there was a scripture here at one point. We, we don't really figure, we haven't figured this out. We, there we go. Like, do not let any unwholesome talk, and when, I, and when I do talk, say the things that are good for somebody else. If we could do that, we could, we could almost like change the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that, like we know this kind of stuff. We, we already know these things. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Anything negative? Anything derogatory, anything lewd, anything crass, anything that punches down, anything that talks about how they are not as good as you are. And speak encouraging things that specifically meet others where they are at. This is really difficult, simple to understand, really difficult to like carry out. The word here for uh, unwholesome, by the way, is the word sapros, which means rotten. It can mean worthless, as in without value, literally or morally, bad, corrupt, harmful, evil. Do not let anything rotten come out of your mouth. Do not let anything worthless come out of your mouth. Do not let anything bad, corrupt, harmful come out of your mouth. For a long time, I used to believe that my, uh, one of my spiritual gifts was uh, sarcasm. <laughs> I get great pleasure from that. But what I've realized is that although I love it, it's not really helpful. It's not beneficial to anyone, is it? I've also realized that because of my role here at church, there's not a lot of room for it. Hey, Seth, uh, my mom's in the hospital. She's not looking good. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, it doesn't work. There's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a good look for the guy that's supposed to be bringing comfort to your life. You know what I'm saying? So I've had to work on, like, curtailing that. I still get the thoughts. Sometimes it still slides out, but I try to work on, like, minimizing that. If I don't have anything nice to say, I try not to say it. Right? So suggestion number one. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Suggestion number two, if you have something nice to say, say it. If you have something nice to say, say it. Proverbs 16, 
Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. How great is biblical poetry, by the way? Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. This is one of the verses um, that uh, I, I think on a deeper level falls in line with how our thoughts, kind of what we talked about last week, how our thoughts affect our physicality, how, how our gracious words are sweet to the soul, they're good for the heart, they're good for the mind, they're good for the spirit, and when those words take up residence in our being, there's this tangible physicality that happens within us, right? So if we have something nice to say, say it. Your words are powerful. Your speech can build up or it can tear down. Your words can be life-giving or they can be life-taking, um, I, I struggle with this sometimes, not with like saying, not with thinking good thoughts, but like sometimes say, like getting them out because I, I live in my head a good deal of the time. And so uh, this is why, by the way, I try to do a lot of physical things like running and gardening and yoga and all this stuff because it helps get me out of my head and into my body. But what happens to me is I'll be driving home from work or something, doing something throughout my day, and I'll get thoughts. Somebody will pop into my brain, and it's normally good thoughts, like it's thoughts about a friend or a family member, and, and, and a lot of times it's, it's very positive, and it's like, you know, I, I, I've even been stirred to like, like just emotionally where I'm like, man, I'm just so blessed to have that person in my life. I'm so grateful. But then what I fail to do is like tell that person. And so in my head, me and that person are really close, but I haven't talked to them in a couple months. I'll get a phone call from a friend and be like, hey, dude, where have you been? I haven't heard from you. Is everything okay? Are you doing all right? And I'm like... Yeah, I was just thinking about you the other day. Like, what? I, I guess I forgot to call. <laughs> like, he thinks something wrong, but in my head, no, we're, we're tight, we're close, because I had all these great thoughts about you like two weeks ago. So, it, but why wouldn't I just say this? Why wouldn't I take the time to tell them? Why would, I, why would I want to withhold the honeycomb from them? We live in a world where it takes all of 10 seconds to type something, to call somebody, to send something to someone, and you can send a message at any time from anywhere, and, and they get it. It's, it's not like you gotta go get, find a quill and some ink and some paper, and then you write down the thing, and then you put it in the envelope, and in like a week it'll get there. And, no, you can do that now. We can speak kindness, goodness to the people in our lives now? Like, why would we ever want to keep the honeycomb from people? You know, I've, I've, I've tried to start doing with, with, with my kids more so, like intentionally speaking the kind things. If I, see, if, I, if I have something nice to say, I try to say it. Because I feel like if you've got kids, hopefully you relate. If not, I'll feel like a terrible parent. But I feel like I spend a lot of times yelling at my kids I feel like I spend an awful lot of time telling them what they didn't do or yelling at them to stop fighting or to stop complaining or what's wrong with you or you know what I'm talking about? So I've tried to be like proactively affirming to them. So when we say our prayers at night, I try to say something about them that I'm grateful for or when I pray, I try to uh, acknowledge some sort of characteristic about them, some sort of quality that, I, that I'm grateful for. So I'll say things like, dear God, thank you for, for, for Elias and the, and the joyful spirit he brings into our home. I'll say to Ella, Ella, uh, uh, God, thank you for Ella, and thank you for her willingness to help and, 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 and uh, do things around the house to help her mom and dad, like, when she wants to. I'll say things like, God, thank you for Ezra and just the kindness 
that he has and the empathy he has for other people, right? So I pray these things so that my kids can hear them. I'm speaking them over them, but I'm offering them as a, as a thank you to God in front of them. If you have something nice to say, say it. I want my kids to hear that. I want my kids to be empowered by the things that I'm speaking over them. Another thing I've been trying to do with them uh, is in the morning, you know, normally getting ready for school and everything, it's a lot of, it can be a lot of chaos and there's a lot of yelling and fighting and someone's crying and milk gets spilled and all this, like it's a whole thing every day, you know what I'm talking about. So um, the, other, the other night on Wednesday, we were at softball until, it was so late, it was so late, I hate it. Uh, we were there till like 9.15, which means by the time we got home and gotten the kids in bed, it was like 10 o'clock, which means I'm already anticipating Thursday morning that there's gonna be tiredness and arguing and fighting and sadness and whining and complaining and it's just gonna be a rough morning. So Thursday morning we get up and the kids actually did really great. They got up, they were dressed, they got themselves dressed, they got their, their food, they got their bags packed, they were like ready to go and there was little if any tension. And so we got in the car, I'm driving to school and I, and I trying to practice this. So I said, hey guys, I just wanna tell you I'm so very proud of you this morning. I know we had a long night. I know it would have been very easy to like get up and be frustrated and tired and grumpy and all this stuff, but you guys did awesome. I, I'm so proud of you. I'm so appreciative of how well you handled yourselves this morning. Like, and your, your dad, like that means a lot to him. So thank you to you guys for doing that. And you could just see like there was a little bit of a wiggle, you know, even in their tiredness, that things spoke to their spirit. If you have something nice to say, say it. Why would you want to rob somebody of such a blessing? Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Why would you get that from them? All right, so uh, real quick, while we're here, um, this idea isn't just for the words that you give to others. This also is for the words that you speak to yourself. Because what I've noticed is it seems like many people speak a, a, a lot of life-taking words to themselves. Maybe you can relate to this. Many people speak a lot of life-taking words to themselves. I'm not good enough. I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm just this or I'm just that. I don't think I can ever change, I don't think. Stop, stop that. Stop those words. If you see something good about yourself, say it, say it to yourself. I do this all the time. <laughs> I, I do this all the time. I give myself high fives. I, 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 I literally give myself, I tell myself I'm proud of myself. I congratulate myself when I do something that I'm proud of. Like if I go at night and it's like late and I want some ice cream and I go to the ice cream, the freezer and I pull out the drawer and I'm staring at the ice cream I'm like, oh, that looks good. But then if I somehow muster the willpower to shut the freezer door and then get a fruit instead, I give myself a high five. Because I'm like, way to go, buddy. You did it. That right there, you did it, right? And it's just one, it's just the little things. If, if I complete a project, I give myself a pat on the back. Way to go. Hey, you finished the sermon this week. Man, that was great. Well, that's your job. I don't care. I did it. I did it. 
Like, way to go, man. I'm proud of you. If, if, if I'm like going for a run and it's a really tough sort of day and I'm not feeling it and whatever, but I manage to push through, I give myself a high five. Way to go. You push through the difficulty. Because guess what? No one else cares. No one else cares that I didn't, that I didn't eat the ice cream. No one else cares that I finished the service. No one else. So congratulate yourself. Say the nice thing to yourself because you need to hear it. And if you can't say it to you, what do you why would you expect anyone else to say it to you? Say something nice to yourself. Your words have power, not just for the people around you, but for the self as well. So our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions, our actions become our habits, and our habits be, uh, determine our direction. The tongue has the power of life and death. Our words can guide and shape and bring life to us. The two thoughts that we said will help guide us in this are, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, and if you have something nice to say, Say it. If you want to change the way you live, change the way you speak. So here's our assignment. Follow me, cameras. Uh, we're going to go over here. If you haven't been here, we've been working on this little project. Uh, and if you haven't picked up on it, I've tried to explain it very clearly that this is, in fact, a metaphor for everything we're doing. That anything we want to change or become, we start small and we work incrementally, bit by bit, piece by piece. And so what we've done each week is ask you to respond. We've given you a question, write something down. And then what we've done that I think is cool is we've had two colors of paper each week, one for the people in-house, one for the people at home. So the first week we did one word, the people in-house got blue, the people at home got green. We had to add a little bit because there wasn't that many people settled down. Um, last week we did thoughts. The people in-house got light blue. The people at home got light green. So this week, we're going to add to that, and we're going to talk about, or actually write down your one phrase, your one phrase. So I mentioned for me, my one word was develop, that I want to grow personally, that I want to develop myself, but also I want to develop things. I want to create things that will help other people to develop. So that was my one word. And then my one thought that I said last week, the, the thought that will carry that is this idea that I want to live a life of quiet inspiration, that I'm not trying to tell you that I'm super good or that I'm great or I'm doing cool, but I'm just going to live a particular lifestyle that hopefully will inspire other people to try to live better in their own lives. So this week, the one phrase, so you guys are going to get yellow, the people at home, they're getting a different color. Uh, the one phrase is, for me, will be something to the effect of, um, I will make wise decisions every day that will make me better. Or I will always choose the high road. Something like that. That phrase, that, that's kind of a statement, it's kind of like a mantra, if you will, that, that I can write down, that I can like, keep with me, that's quick and easy to remember, that I can take with me this week, that I can keep repeating, because that idea, I will always choose the high road, which I will eat the fruit instead of the ice cream. See, that works. Which then will lead me to, like, hopefully living a life of quiet inspiration. Oh, well, look, Seth can not eat ice cream. If he can not eat, you don't have to always not eat ice cream, by the way. I'm just saying. It's just an example. Which also supports the one word, which is, I want to develop as a person. You see? So what's the one phrase, and, and really, you could take your one thought, if you can make that into a succinct statement about what you will or, you know, whatever, what you will do, you can use your thought from last week, but what's your one phrase? 
Your one statement, easy, quick to remember, that you can keep repeating to yourself throughout this week and the weeks to come that support your thought, that support your word. If, if your word was like, I need to work on rest, and your thought was whatever, maybe your phrase this week is, I will do my best to find some rest. You know, something simple. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. You can give it a few minutes here, a few, just a few thoughts. Write it down on the piece of paper. We're going to have you turn those in on your way out. Write it down again for yourself so that you can take that with you, so that you can remember it, okay? If you're at home uh, online, you can put that in the chat, or Hank should put a form online that you should be able to find as well and fill it out so we can put it into here, okay? So what's your one phrase? It's the one phrase that can be a statement that you can repeat, that you will know, that you can take with you, that will begin, that will continue to help move you forward. Take a minute. I know some of you are like, a minute's not long enough. I need a lot of time. I really have to think through this. That's okay too. You can write like a stand-in one down for now. I just need your paper. I mean, I care about you too, and I want your life to get better. I just need your paper. Your words have the power of life and death. If you wanna change the life you live, change the way you speak. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. If you do have something nice to say, say it. Small changes to our words can bring big changes to our lives. We're gonna go into our time of communion this will give you some time and space to think, to pray, to meditate, maybe even to work on your one phrase a little bit here. At this time, we get to gather around the table. We get to participate in this sacred meal, this common union, where we take the bread and the juice that represents the body and the blood of Jesus. This connects us to our Heavenly Father. This connects us to one another. This connects us to creation through the actual elements. This meal is about bringing everything together for the sake of a new humanity. So we're gonna take this time to think, to pray, to remember that it's through Jesus that we have grace, that we have mercy, that we have forgiveness. If you're here today and you need some extra prayer, a couple things you can do. We have a prayer wall right over there. You can write down your prayer and slide it in there and uh, people pray over that throughout the week. That's between you and God. If you need somebody to pray or want somebody to pray for you or over you, we'll have people available. We'll have usually somebody at the cross and usually somebody at the prayer wall. Is that Kevin? Are you doing that today? That's Kevin and Elise, his wife. They're great people. They'd love to pray for you and over you. Or over here is a lovely young lady by the name of Jessica. She'd love to pray for you as well. Um, whatever you got going on, uh, this is a safe space. We'd love to pray for you. So we're going to give you time. Take the bread and the juice. Remember the love of God. That God has sent his son so that through him we may know life. That we may know and experience life to the fullest. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your words. We thank you for your words that make such a big difference in our life. God, we thank you for the life-giving words that you have spoken over us. God, we're grateful that we get to come to this table 
that we get to remember your son, that we get to remember that he has defeated sin and death, that we are reminded of the grace that you have poured out on us, that we are reminded that we are surrounded by love. God, forgive us when we think less of ourselves than you think of us. God, forgive us when we use the power of our words to take life rather than to give life. God, we ask for the strength and the courage to be life givers in all that we say everywhere we go. God, we love you. We thank you for the Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in and listening along to our series, Incremental. We hope you enjoyed this series. And again, if you want to find more information about our church and our community and where you can find us online, make sure to check the show notes for things like our website, things like our Facebook group, The Foundry Family, where we would love to see you, and all the other places where you can find and listen to our content. We're really excited for those of you who tuned in and listened to the Foundry Church podcast. Thanks again. If you can leave a like or a review or a rating, wherever it is that you listen, that goes a long way in helping us reach more people to show them a better you and a better world. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll hope to see you next time as we continue our series, Incremental. But until then, my name is Hank Taylor, digital pastor here at the Foundry Church, and we will see you next time. Take care.